but we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. Verse 3. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. So, these are things that you need to be, and I need to be meditating on, on a regular basis. Because one thing, it'll keep us from becoming too enamored with this world system, and all its little trinkets and sparkly and wonderful things, okay? But also, there's something it does inside of our spirit, inside of our body, inside of our soul. It purifies us, just as He is pure. Because our hope is not in this world. And as much as I love this country, okay, and what it has meant for so many people and for my family and stuff, my hope is not in this country. It's not in this government. Should you pray for this government? Yes. Are there tons of things wrong with it? Yes. Do not put your hope in it, though. Do not. Don't become too upset with the things that go on. Pray. But mostly, have this hope inside of you, that we are citizens of another land. And that this hope inside of us, as we become more and more like Him, is going to purify, is continually purifying us. Amen. Go turn to 1 Corinthians 15. I love the Corinthian church. Bunch of wild people. Despite all their issues and divisions and sexual immorality and all the problems they had, Paul still thanked God for them. He's a father. 1 Corinthians 15. Let's start with verse 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It's raised in incorruption. It's sown in dishonor. It's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It's raised in power. It is sown a natural, a soulish body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a soulish body and there is a spiritual body. I'll touch on that in a second. I'll turn to the same chapter, to verse 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet... For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be changed and raised incorruptible. And we shall all be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall also be brought to pass saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your sting? 
And oh, Hades, where is your victory? And there's five specific changes that will happen. And there is nothing as weak, and it is sad sometimes, as seeing a loved one pass. And you guys understand what corruption is. It's decay. When the body just starts to go in that process of breaking down, turning into a skeleton and going back to dust. So as it goes in the ground, that's what happens. It starts to go into decay. But the powerful and the wonderful thing from, from decay to becoming incorruptible. So the body gets sown that. And on the other hand, when it's raised again from the dead, it's incorruptible. It starts off as mortal. It's going to die. Then it's raised in immortality. It'll never die again. It'll never get sick. It'll never get old. It's stone. It's put into the, the ground in dishonor. It's raised in glory. Raised in glory. It's put into the ground, into that tomb in weakness. But it's raised in power. And then it's finally, it turns from something that's soulish, and then it has a spiritual body. And these things are so important because our bodies will not be able to handle, and would not be able to handle, the rigors of the afterlife, being with Him, with what we have right now. They wouldn't be able to handle it. We need to have the body of Christ. We need to have that resurrected body. There's no other way. These things have gone away, and they are going away. And we thank you because all this is because of the resurrection of Jesus. All because of him. We turn to, still in chapter 15, how important the resurrection is, because a lot of chapter 15 is about the resurrection of Jesus and some people being freaked out that the resurrection had already happened and some of them didn't believe it but Paul as he always did is was straightening him out uh, 15 starting with verse 12 now if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead and if there is no resurrection of the dead then Christ has not risen and if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is useless. Yes, and we are found to be false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom we did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ has not risen. And if Christ has not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ, they have also perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. So you can't just say, I love the Lord. I put my hope in Him for this life only. This is for eternity that we're putting our trust in with this man 
with this king. And it's saying right here, it's like, if you don't believe in the resurrection of the dead, how can you be a Christian? The two are completely incompatible. And we know that the historical fact, what the scripture says, and those witness observed, what the gospel is, is that he died on the cross. He was buried for three days, and then he what? He rose again from the dead. Those three simple facts. You can't leave out that third one, that he rose again from the dead. And not to bash that certain sect again, but he said he came back as a ghost. What kind of hope is there? There is no hope. The hope is in the resurrection. And so we see that. It's also it's God's vindication of Jesus. And I'm not going to, we're start kind of wrapping things up. That in Romans where it talked about, <clears throat> well, not in Romans, but when Jesus was put on trial by uh, Pontius Pilate, which was the Roman secular government, and by the religious Jewish, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, uh, they both said that he was guilty. And he also had false witnesses that came forth. But what God said, the Father, is that my son is completely innocent. Completely. And he rose him again from the dead to justify him. And we are also justified in that as well. It's so important to understand that. Amen. I just wanted to just finish up with that last scripture again in First uh, Thessalonians. First Thessalonians 4, starting with verse 13. Paul speaking, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, considering those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as those who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring him those who sleep in Jesus for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who have died and gone on before us. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. What a great hope that we have 
Don't ever cut that, that line of hope. Ever. And don't let people mock you for that type of belief. There's no other hope than any other belief system that comes even close to what we have in Jesus. The promises. We get it all back, people. Every bit of that what we lost through Adam because of the sin, we're going to get it back. And then some. And I hear somewhere in Ephesians it talks about the ages to come. I don't know why that thrills my heart. Because it's going to keep getting better. So if you think that we're going to be floating around on a cloud or playing harps and doing stupid things, please banish those idiotic thoughts from your mind forever. We can't even, for one moment with our fertile imaginations, begin to touch how good it's going to be. Let these hopes and these thoughts and His Word be in you richly and deeply. So it purifies you. The news is not going to purify you. And what's going on out there is not going to purify you. We've got to be of this world, I understand. We've got to work. We've got to go to school. We've got to do these things. Don't let it dominate you, though. Do not. He's got something so much greater for you. Do not lose your hope. Don't ever lose your hope. Amen? All right, if we could have the children come back out, the worship team, if you guys would come back up.